Welcome back, everybody, to the Stark Wars podcast. Today we are recapping episode eight of What If in full spoiler details. So if you haven't seen the episode, I would get out of here right now. And look, we've had we've had Captain America, Captain UK, Captain Russia, but we have yet to meet the great Captain California, Tommy Pizzullo. Tommy, how are you? How did you know that? So they've been calling me out here, Captain California. You have a yeah, shield with a bear on it. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. And like a bear costume, like he just comes out with a full fur Captain America costume. Exactly, exactly. Um, we also yeah. have a guest here today, Tommy. I'm I'm really excited to have this one. This is somebody that like uh, we've tried to get on here. We finally locked it down. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's Kyle Schmillard. How are you, man? I'm doing great, guys. Thanks for having me on the podcast. You know, I've been standing aside watching this podcast for the last 10 months. I made a vow that I would never interfere. Here I am interfering. Well, you better watch out, Kyle. I'm going to just break into your apartment. I'm going to get it right up in, in there. My apartment, that's a very thin hallway with just glass walls on the side. <laughs> yep, exactly. Watch yeah, it's, out. It's pretty easy. Yeah, that's the thing about that's the thing about Ultron in this episode. You know, he had the he had the power of Ultron and Vision and the Infinity Stones and Tommy Pizzullo. So all that together <laughs> was really uh What else was the watcher supposed to do at that point? That's all the, the best things you could possibly wish in this world. <laughs> Kyle, uh, I wanna I wanna give you a chance, like uh if you want to like, kind of, this is your first time on the podcast. I hope mm -hmm. it's not the last because we're I'm I'm expecting to have a lot of fun to, today. <laughs> yeah, um, I want to give you a chance to like introduce yourself to the audience and maybe talk about what you've been thinking of. What if? Yeah. So my name is Kyle. Um, I met Michael just over a year ago playing uh, a sequester online game, and then I, I know Tommy through post show recaps and stuff. Um, great guys, obviously love the podcast. Um, and then when it comes to what if, I've been loving it so far. I'm on the same page as you guys where last week was making me raise my eyebrows a little bit about what am I what am I doing here? You're, how are we six episodes in and we're just watching Thor party with Nebula? Um, this episode, though, I think has created a runway that if executed properly, this could be one of the best MCU. Like this could be the best MCU show we've seen so far. If these next few episodes follow through the way I hope they do. Yeah, I think that's the big question here, right? And um, we've kind of talked about what this could all be leading to, right? And um, it seems like possibly next week will just be a sequel or a continuation of this one, which I think is really exciting. Uh, I think there's a lot to love with what could possibly be coming up. So we'll get into all that. Tommy, what was your take on this episode? All right, so let me preface what I'm about to say with, I love this episode. I could not get enough of it. I've already watched it twice. I'm planning on watching it again after we're done with this podcast, which means I don't even need that content for this podcast. I'm already, I'm already hyped. I'm already excited for it. Uh, that all being said, I don't know how others feel about the fact that this is all connected. I've heard, uh, uh, I've heard whispers, you know, out in the ether. I, I talk to people, Michael. That uh, some people are don't love the fact that this is connected. They would have rather this been uh, one of my favorite shows, Adventure Time, where they do uh, these like clip shows. They would have rather this been more of a clip show type vibe than it actually uh, joining in where we see the watcher actually have to interfere. Now I love this. I've been saying this on the podcast. I'm waiting for the the time for him to interfere. But what say the people that? that disagree michael do do we do we see where they're coming from that like possibly this should have just been clip universes 
I, I don't I don't agree with that because I think you need to see the next episode to really tell if it if it's all worth bringing together, right? Um, and also it, it, it leaves a lot of questions for what season two looks like as well. Um, you know, the, is it going to be a continuation of this season or is it going to like start over and have a new uh, multiverse bending type uh, what if series? I don't know. And that, I think that's going to be really interesting to track here. So That's going to be an interesting thing to talk about because it feels like this is like the, the peak of the mountain. Like he's interfering. That's the whole point of the watcher. That's a big plot point in the comics is when he interferes this is a big deal this is groundbreaking kyle's shaking his head kyle what do you think um i i feel like that this episode was the payoff to the last eight weeks of me watching what if i feel like um without this episode i'd still be i'd probably be less excited about the next couple of weeks of what if now i generally i have a plot i'm looking forward to i have characters i'm looking forward to seeing what happens next with them and i think it was a Brilliant idea to tie what if together this way. Yeah, I'm on your side, Kyle. I'm I'm super excited for there to be a plot with what if. I like plots, so I'm not opposed to it. I just need to speak for the people because as we talked about last week, I am the uh, the voice of the people on this podcast. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I could fight that, but I won't. Uh, <laughs> well, here's the thing, and because uh, of course we've been talking about Star Wars Visions, uh, it's well documented that we love Love, Death, and Robots. These mm -hmm. are all like standalone animated shows. I think the problem is, I think about half of these episodes weren't worth being standalone episodes, right? Uh, we talked about Party Thor, Captain Carter. There's some other ones that I don't particularly like. Um, like, I don't think that they totally work on their own. I think they could have maybe under maybe a better writer or something, you know, I don't want to dish the show too much, but I think it services, uh, continuing these stories. And I think with a little bit more time, a show like visions works well in these small stories. This has not worked that way. And mm -hmm. I'm interested to see if we can close those stories out in any way. I do still think that there's time for those stories to pay off. I don't think that we're at the point yet where we can say, oh, Party Thor was awful. I think that with a couple episodes left, there could be a payoff to all that, you know? I think what I'm worried about, and don't get me wrong, I'm so hyped on this episode. Like, I'm, I'm would have, and I'm not a tattoo guy, as this podcast knows. Uh, I would have probably got a, a Ultron tattoo after this podcast. I was so hyped on this episode. Uh, that all being said, I do worry that they're getting too conjoined if that makes sense um i there is a fear of mine that it's going to be too well, let's get the band back together let's get the whole team anyone we saw already they're going to come together to, to, to defeat ultron it's a little too cute for me mm -hmm. um i'm not going to judge it yet because obviously that hasn't happened yet uh but that's my fear yeah well let me say this um I lost my train of thought. <laughs> what real, was I going to say? Real quick, I had the same thought as you, Tommy, of like, okay, this is probably building up to us going back, gathering all the heroes that we've already seen, and then taking down Ultron. But my main question is, are those heroes strong enough to take down Ultron? Like, do you think uh, T'Challa as Star-Lord is going to be able to do it? Do you think that uh, um, Captain UK? I can't remember her name right now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, God. Yeah, yeah. I... I'm wondering the same thing, Kyle, because, like, especially in the Marvel Zombies, they failed. A lot of these episodes we've seen, they I don't want Party Thor taking on Ultron. He's, he's going to be all, well, like, maybe he can, like, get Ultron to party. Maybe that's where we're, 
Maybe that's the solution. If that's oh, the solution, I'm deleting the show and not watching. Michael, we got it. That's it. If they Are, if they weaken up Bernie's Ultron, I'm going to be so upset. <laughs> yes. Oh, we nailed it, guys. We're done. Podcast over. That's what happens. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I think uh, Strange Supreme or whatever his name is. I think he could take on Ultron by himself. Like that was just like he destroyed the universe. But yeah. we do we want that? And we can get into the episode because like I had that other thought when they were trying to come up with another solution of having Zola take over uh, Ultron. I said, is that a good idea? Are we really on board for uh, Zola to be in control of the most powerful being in the universe at no. this point? No. So uh, I, I don't know if I love these solutions they're having to solve this Ultron problem, Michael. Yeah. Okay, well, let's let's go ahead and uh, dive into uh, more of a breakdown here. And I, I am, because I am very excited to talk, like, this opening sequence, coolest part of the entire, like, I have never been, like, I was already hyped for this Hawkeye show coming up, but just seeing Hawkeye, like, just absolutely tear through these these uh, Ultron bots was just, like, everything I needed. Um, See, I think for me, too, this is also a question that I actually cared about. This is a question that I watched that movie and thought, huh, what would have happened if Ultron did take over? And something I talked about last week because we saw Ultron at the end was that is one of my favorite stories that the comics have told that the, uh, the animated movies have told is like, what if Ultron does win? Because it's the most terrifying ending. And uh, this was cool seeing, yeah, like Hawkeye and Black Widow just like they, they're doing what they have to do to survive in this new world. Even before we saw Black Widow and Hawkeye, though, like the opening shot of this episode where you see the Watcher's silhouette and there's snow falling through it. Like the snow in the episode, I think, really helped elevate the action. Yeah, there's one uh, shot that I think is better for me that I would like get blown up on my mantle in my living room that I'll talk about when we get to it. But there's I agree with you. I love this opening. Yeah, shot. yeah, it was good. Yeah, so uh, I want to talk about this. Hawkeye has some like interesting technology in this episode. Um, first and foremost, it, it, we only see it for like a second, but he has an invisibility cloak. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming some Tony Stark technology, right? Like that's some nanotech, like uh, same technology they probably use on the uh, helicarriers, you know, to make them invisible. But yeah, wild. I love this for Hawkeye. They made him so cool. He's got, I do, will say, A, Marvel is obsessed with the character losing their arm right loves it but mm-hmm. also i feel like in general marvel especially in the comic books and now in this they love to have hawkeye in a post-apocalyptic world uh and, and also losing his arm but also in a post-apocalyptic world they love to have hawkeye as their spokesperson for that kind of uh vibe look at logan <laughs> like <laughs> the original the old man logan not the the movie is hawkeye is his buddy that goes with him on his adventure uh in that so a uh, quick question as like a Marvel casual, you guys are the experts. Why are uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye the only event? It, it doesn't explain why these two are the only two Avengers to survive. What were they doing in Age of Ultron that put them out of the, like, uh, we saw Tony Stark die. We saw the Hulk on the floor. Why are these two still alive? I don't know if there is like uh, any movie precedent for this in the Age of Ultron timeline, at least an end game we kind of see them go off um, mm-hmm. together, and they spent a lot of that movie together. Um, I, I can't think of anything in Age of Ultron in which this happens. My only thought was, it was interesting that, like, 
I, I think especially like when the original Avengers came out, a lot of the talk was surrounding like, oh, we have the Hulk, we have Thor, we have Iron Man, they're so powerful. And it's like, and then we also have these two humans that like are just kind of skilled. So I thought it was interesting that, that those were the two that survived and held their own. Yeah, That's the thing they love to, to do is like prove that like, hey, look, these two aren't the superpowered people in the Avengers, mm-hmm. and yet they still survive every time. Like, just ordinary humans can survive. So I think that's what they were trying to go to go for here is, like, anyone – you don't need to be the Hulk or Iron Man or Captain – you don't need to be any of them. You just need to be you uh, yeah. is, I think, what Marvel was trying to say. But, yeah, it is interesting when you think of it. Like, in, in retrospect, like, we see it here. We see Black Widow be the star of the uh, Who Killed the Avengers – episode i i think they love um showcasing their human superheroes as like hey that could be you right there yeah that's true and like yeah. i'm not the biggest uh like marvel loves sho- shoving the black widow and hawkeye relationship down our throats it's never resonated with me even during endgame like that was the most it, it ever had and i was like okay cool that's done but I feel like I've seen it five more times since then. Well, I, I was in the same boat. I think my thing was it did finally hit me in Endgame. I do appreciate that relationship a lot because of Endgame. But I also think that has a lot to do with, like, I don't think I would have appreciated it if it wasn't for me not caring for, like, five or ten years, you know? And I think it's a tough relationship because, like, in the comics, it's a way bigger deal. It's, like, a romantic relationship at some point. Um, it is a more focal point when it comes to the two of them, but they didn't, they did it half done in the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the movie universe, Black Widow and Hawkeye should have been in sync from the beginning. Don't throw in that Hulk part. Yeah. I, I, it just didn't need to be done. And I think you could have had it, but I think like in retrospect, I think they're trying to <laughs> go back and be like, yeah, they were like, Maybe it's not romantic love, but like they're best. They are made for each other. They are each other's forever person. Mm-hmm. One thing I thought of is like in all these multiverse scenarios, there's all these crazy and weird things happening, but this relationship is the constant. Like almost nothing has ever changed with these two in any timeline that they're in together, which is kind of interesting. That is that is interesting, and again, I think it speaks to that like relationship. Also, it would be interesting to explore uh, in season two if there's uh, any grounds to be had mm. there by changing up that relationship. Uh, I want to move on here to we we kind of we kind of flash back at this point, and we this is basically just like uh, the the compilation cut of Ultron destroying everything, and mm. um, we kind of see how he comes to be. And all that. Um, yeah, it was a real talk- monologue. Like, yeah, not to cut you <laughs> off, but it was a real like, uh, let's just get all the pieces here. Ultron, he took over. You know, you know the story. <laughs> it really felt like the watcher was like, hey, you know the story. Uh, Ultron, he was around. You saw it. Uh, but hey, this time he got the Vision body, which is like I've heard a lot of uh, things from last episode of this episode. Like, is Vision Ultron this time, or is no? I, I thought it was pretty obvious that like. He just got the vision body that he was trying to get in Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. You know, Tony didn't take it over, put Jarvis inside of it. Instead, we get uh, Ultron, which is, like, incredible. It's terrifying, right? Like, I'm glad that they yada yada this. Like, for the most part, we've we've been down on yada yada in, in this series. But I think it worked here because that's not the exciting part. The exciting part is Watcher versus uh, Ultron. That's what we're all hyped for. 
Yeah, the montage was really cool too. It had a lot of imagery that reminded me of Terminator as uh, Ultron was doing his rise of uh, destroying planets. Like there's a shot of him and there's like a red explosion behind him. He has his robots behind him. It was very like T2. I loved it. Well, uh, interesting that you say that because later on, Captain Marvel basically makes a Terminator reference talking oh. about uh, I didn't want the sequel to the robot movie, which I, I thought that that might be a Terminator reference. And yeah. then, once again, they love Captain Marvel and it's they're like, if if she can't defeat him, no one can. Like she's that old cheerleader uh, chant that they would do during football games where it's like, if you can't beat him, no one can. That's what they say about Captain Marvel because they just bring her in as like, the one option. If she can't do it, then like Ultron's now one. He's now the victor for life. Yep. Uh, she also also like conveniently shows up after like half the universe is already destroyed. Like, um, well, I mean, come she's on. probably across yeah. the universe, Michael. What did you want to? She doesn't got like a teleportation. She's still. I mean, it seems like she does personally. <laughs> <laughs> so you, she you shows just, up like this. You just wish she showed up sooner. You're like, mm-hmm. hey. You I mean, there'd be a lot less problems. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Uh, well, we skipped over this here, though. Um, I, I think this kind of set the internet ablaze when uh, Vision cut Thanos in half. Kyle, what do you think of this? So I thought it was hilarious the first time I saw it. The second time I saw it, I was wondering, because we've seen Thanos in What If a couple times now, and he's this jovial, funny, almost like um, lighthearted character now. And I wonder if What If is trying to downplay Thanos officially, now that we're done with his saga, just to help make the next big bad look even scarier in comparison. So I think I think What If is really trying to downplay what Thanos could really do just to help, you know, escalate the next big bad. And that's, yeah, I, I've talked about this multiple times as, as how they used Loki to uh, show how powerful Thanos is. And I felt like this was a situation where they showed. My only gripe is, Tommy, I, I want you to talk this through with me. Um... I don't know that Vision should be able to do this. Uh, why, why didn't Vision do this in Infinity War? I mean, I realize that it's like Vision slash Ultron, but I mean, he wasn't that much stronger than the actual Vision. Which he part? had all the same powers. He could have cut him in half, apparently. Yeah, about uh, Thanos. Yeah, this felt a little too cute for me, I'll be honest. Like, this was the one part of the episode that I was like, all right, like, we, we just don't want to have to deal with this, so we're just going to take care of it in two seconds. Um, that being said, yeah, I would probably say that same uh easy line of well this is vision plus ultron so maybe that's what did it um i agree with you michael i think this was a little too cute but i don't care because it got me ultron with the infinity stones and the fact that he can see through timelines what the michael that that is incredible this was wild and also boo boo i'm booing boo on the watcher because why are you monologuing when you can start to see that the Voltron's like listening? Like you can tell that he's listening to you. That scene reminded me of Stranger Than Fiction when Will Ferrell's brushing his teeth and all of a sudden he realizes that somebody's narrating his life while he's doing it. You it already so saw it with the Sorcerer Supreme. We already saw it with the evil Doctor Strange that people can listen to you when they become powerful enough. Why would you have thought that uh, Ultron would be not able to listen to you this was terrible for the watcher michael the watcher cracks me up like he has some like uh he has some interesting like dialogue lines in here like like he's like this almighty being and he seems like he's just so much more smarter and like like he just is just above everything and then you get him saying things like what the hell 
I'm like, I don't know. I just didn't expect that to come out of his mouth. All right, he doesn't talk to a lot of people, Michael. He's in he's in a hallway by himself in a glass hallway. What do you want him to do? Practice his his dialogue? I mean, he's does it throughout the beginning of every episode. And Tommy, by the way, that's an argument for your own question. Is that's why he's monologuing? Is because he's got nobody to talk to. Yeah, you're right. You're right. But uh, it, it was a little too cute here because it gives Ultron the awareness. That he's not just in one universe, he's, there is multiple universes. And, and just because he has now finally completed his mission here, that doesn't mean he can't complete it elsewhere. That scene was like really tense and scary too, where the Watcher's standing behind his shoulder, and Ultron's looking one way, but the more the Watcher talks, you see uh, Ultron start to realize somebody's behind him. It was like from a, like a it was from like from like Psycho or a scary movie. Like it was very tense. All this stuff with Ultron and, and Watcher was incredible for me. Like just using the Watcher's own like style against him of having him in the background. Like that was incredible with Ultron. Just showing his power. Showing how far he's come. Yeah, I, I, again, cannot say enough good stuff about this episode. I loved the Black Widow Hawkeye part of this, but I, I can't say enough about the Ultron uh, Watcher part of this episode. One of my only negative notes about this episode is why couldn't they get James Spader? Like, that would have made, yeah, yeah, made the episode a hundred times better for me. Kyle, I was talking to my roommate about this too. I said, yeah, doesn't this guy who's trying to play James Spader. Doesn't he sound like such a dweeb? Like well, that was the only bad thing in this episode is he did not sound like I what I wanted all trying to sound like. Is it the same voice actor that does the Red Skull? The the Ross McQuand? I think it was him that was doing it. Was Ultron. it him then yeah. I and I like him as Red Skull and I like the guy who I, I like him in Walking Dead. Mm-hmm. Um just not not James Spader. It's not the voice. What is James Spader doing right now? The blacklist is over. Like, I don't know. <laughs> uh, he, he might have a bad relationship with uh, Marvel, for all we know. Um, yeah. All <laughs> right, let's go back. Let's go back to Hawkeye and Black Widow. They're in like uh, they're in the this uh, the archive place. And, and here's another. Uh, there's a lot of movie references in this. Hawkeye makes a Raiders a lot. He and a, he makes a uh, Indiana Jones reference and a Death Star reference. Um, since when is he a Lucasfilm fan, I guess? Also, there's got to be a better plan than this, Michael. Looking through every box, I'm sorry. If you call me up and you're saying, you're like, Tommy, we got to go. We got to find this um, terrible uh, propaganda against Stark Wars. We need to go to this warehouse and open up every box to find it. I'm, I don't think I'm coming with you, Michael. I don't. I don't think I'm a part of that mission. I'm sure we'll get to it later, but Hawkeye has so many different arrows in his satchel that do so many different things, including a USB arrow, which is one of my other negative notes. I'm sure he has something that's like a paper organizer, right? Exactly, Kyle. Exactly. There's a better solution here. It's not necessarily... Okay, like, definitely the USB arrow is a bit of a stretch, but what's even a bigger stretch is when he shoots it into a robot's head and then it, like, just, like, uploads everything. It's like, imagine, like, shooting your computer with a gun and then you have, like, a new video game on there. I I will say I loved... um, I just love the Watcher interacting with anyone, and I love this scene where he's just frantically wishing that Hawkeye will just find the freaking file that he's on. He's on the box. He's literally right there. And it was like, this was like so moving to me. And like the point of the series as a whole is just having the watcher here just yell into 
nothingness and just being like, should I intervene here? Like, he literally can save everyone, not even just his world, but every world in existence. Mm-hmm. And he has no idea that he's that close and he's just going to give up. That was wild to me. Michael, was it not the most compelling scene of, of the episode, if not the series? Again, if I like, if I do have gripes, I just think the watcher's like not on one. Like he's saying weird things. Like, like I don't, he's been by himself for his whole life. Michael, d- 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 would you like? Uh, let me lock you away. He's like, hey man, <laughs> you're a human. You should be able to fight through this. Continue searching. Like, come yeah. on, man. He is. He's watched so many humans come through in their lives. <laughs> <laughs> he's been binging humanity. Yeah, his whole, uh, his whole life. I'm glad Kyle is on the same page of me here, Michael. I just thought it was funny when he was in the hallway being like, come on, it's right there. Come yeah. on. It's up. Oh, it's so good. Exasperated Watcher is my favorite Watcher. Yeah. Because you're right. Like, he is kind of awkward, but, like, he's been by himself. Would you want him to be, like, coherent and able to, like, communicate with these humans, Michael? I mean, I don't take that as an excuse. Um, like, it, like you're watching people interact all day long. Like, you should be, like, the best. At, uh... Like, he should just be mimicking them, so he's just, like, taking quotes from the original. He'd be the guy. Watcher would be, if we were, if Watcher was in Visions, he would be the one that would be like, oh, I have a bad feeling for this, because he's he's been watching it all, so he knows all the classic lines. I don't know if I want that from my Watcher, though, Michael. Yeah, he uh... <laughs> yeah, he doesn't need. I don't know. I like that he was awkward. I think it works for the watcher that I've been given. Uh, <laughs> fair, fair enough. <laughs> I was gonna say something else about the watcher, but uh, <laughs> well, see, we're all we're all friends here. Don't you worry, Michael. No Ultron's gonna come in here and stop you from saying what you want to say. Well, I also just forgot, so. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, good. It's uh, the second time I've lost my train of thought. Well, how, did you, um, how did you feel when Black Widow found the box? That Black Widow, they really love showing Black Widow in a good light. In, in this series, but like also in general. Marvel, you say what you want about Marvel-loving Scarlett Johansson, but they love Black Widow. I also want to like shout out like I think Lake Bell is doing a pretty good job as a Black Widow. I've been a fan of her since like Wet Hot American Summer. So yeah, I, I mean I, yeah, I'm a huge fan of her. She voices uh Poison Ivy in the Harley Quinn show, which like I've already talked about in here. I'm such a big fan of that show. I cannot. I've already watched it twice. I'm such a big fan of animated Harley Quinn, and she's the voice of Poison Ivy, and she's so good in that, and also so good at Black Widow. I think in the first episode she voiced Black Widow, I was less on board with. But with this one, I, I thought she actually hit uh, Scarlett Johansson's voice pretty well. Yeah, 100%. I thought she, I think she's nailing it. I noticed it more this time than the first time, that she was more in character and sounded more like the character. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, what? So, uh, I don't know. I, well, let's go to this, the Zola plan here. Um, the, uh, Tommy, I know, you're both... You've both throw, thrown your hands on your head. So. Yeah. Oh um, man, this I, is this podcast is great just for the fact that I find out that me and Kyle are so in sync on all our takes, Michael. Well, here's the thing, like, uh, and I, I think uh, Kyle showed his, uh, his thumb drive, which was, apparently I, I would assume has Zola on there, right? Yeah, it has Zola. Yeah, Zola tw- uh, 2020 film by mm-hmm. 24. Last time I was in Siberia, I just picked it up on the street. Yes. Um, 
but yeah, I, uh, I so one reason I did like I don't always watch the episode twice. Uh, one of the reasons I want to revisit it, I was like, okay, so the Watcher really wanted the Zola plan to go through. I, I have to assume that this this is gonna come back in the next episode, right? Because he is the answer to everything, but solves nothing. So, mm-hmm. like, what's gonna happen? I don't know. <laughs> I, this whole plan, I've already said, I, I didn't love it. Um, why are you giving an evil guy? It, it's my same gripes with uh, uh, Winter Soldier, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, where they bring in uh, Zemo as as an assistant. And we don't need to be asking the bad guys. There's a million good guys out in the world. I can hear it's like it's it's a world where there's not as many good guys because they've all been killed by Ultron. Mm-hmm. But like, Kyle, I don't know. What, am I am I out on an island here? Like, is it weird to ask ask him to I, defeat Ultron? I think it is. But I think one of the, my gripes with the episode was actually not enough details about what their full plan was. I got the impression that Black Widow and Hawkeye are the last two humans on Earth. Like, that's the impression I got. Maybe not that's not what you guys got as well. But what is their plan? Take down Ultron and then live on a ravaged Earth for the rest of their lives? And I guess they'll have a lot of babies. I guess they're the new Adam and Eve. Like, that's... I I guess that's their plan, but I agree with you. Like, it's not a great plan. Michael, what do you think? Like, is that is that what you would do if you were strategizing? Uh, well, again, I still don't really know what they're doing with Zola, um, but uh, yeah, I agree, Kyle. I definitely thought that they were the last two people, and that's why I'm like, I'm not too upset about this plan, is because like, what else are they gonna do? Like, yeah. there's like he's 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 taken over the internet basically, and then he's like destroyed every place and person on Earth. So it's like uh, they're they're kind of out of options. So I will forgive them turning to Zola. I just don't know what their plan is, yeah. and also. Um, yeah, I, I like that. Um, I like that they're still the last two people on Earth, and their relationship is still platonic. Yeah. So I do. Well, we that. don't know, Michael. We don't know what goes on when the camera's not shooting. And this scene takes place after the montage of Ultron destroying like Asgard and um, Ego and stuff, right? Why didn't he destroy Earth? Ego was wild. I agree with that point, Kyle. Like, why didn't he start with Earth? He was already on Earth. It's almost like he's waiting for a last. And then him destroying Ego was the wildest thing to me. Um, I just don't see that in a million years. Yeah. One subtle detail I noticed, too, is that when during that montage when Ultron is destroying planets, he's making it look easier than Thanos' snap. Like, he's pointing a javelin at a planet. Done. That's it. I will will say I loved him with a cape and a spear. Like, he doesn't need it. Yeah. But he's still incredible with all that. <laughs> yeah, his suit was awesome. I loved his suit. Well, here, here's the thing, uh, and I think it, it does like show good contrast between Thanos and Ultron here. Because you're right, Thanos, I think Thanos could have destroyed entire planets if he wanted to, but that wasn't his goal. He wanted to eradicate half of the universe and therefore kind of like save people from poverty or whatever. But yeah. Um, but like Ultron's more of like Ultron's like me when I was a kid and I had a magnifying glass and ant, like an anthill and like burning ants and like just trying to like uh, rid the planet of all tiny ants. Is there wow. a world out there where Michael is now the supreme ruler of the world because he destroyed <laughs> all the ants? Is this a what if we need to talk about? <laughs> Do the ants look up to you like a god deity? Yeah. Do you, are you the new Ant-Man? 
Uh, I gotta put a T in this real quick. There's a guy who does ant wars on TikTok. Um, basically, he like uh, creates food trails from one ant colony to another and forces them to fight over the food. So, uh, completely really off topic, but, but uh, really yeah. terrifying, but also really <laughs> funny, is what I was trying to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about let's talk about Hawkeye ends up sacrificing himself here. Um, which, Tommy, I have to assume this is what you're blowing up on your wall, because this was prob- probably, like, the coolest shot of yeah, the series. Yeah, you called he's, it. Yeah, he's, he's jumping down this little tunnel thing and shoots his explosive arrow. And, How is uh, it not in everyone's wall? You see the Ultrons grabbing for anything on the left side. You see the explosion in the middle, and you see a Hawkeye falling from the right. It was beautiful. I mean, that's a that's a breathtaking artistic shot in the tv show uh i don't know if i love the idea it felt really like all right well scarlet <laughs> uh scarlet and black widow she she sacrificed herself in uh endgame so this time we'll have it be uh we'll have it be a hawkeye i guess but don't get wrong i still thought that shot was beautiful well here's the thing i don't think he was necessarily sacrificing himself he could have pulled this off without doing that but he also had a comment before he fell about like how i just don't want to go on any longer which kind of screws all of humanity if these are the last two people but yeah kind of selfish (laughs) um but yes i I didn't love the scene personally like i said it's just it's just a, a reflection of what we've already seen and i feel like i got so distracted by i almost was like rolling my eyes i ended up just like thinking about the movie Eight-Legged Freaks, when all the robots were going down the tunnel and make this explosion. That's where my mind went during the scene, so. I agree with you. I don't love the scene like it felt repetitive. I do love the image, but I, I agree wholeheartedly, Kyle, that like it, it felt like a retcon just for the sake of having him sacrifice himself as well. Yeah, my favorite image is still coming up. We're going to take a bite out of it pretty soon, I think. Oh, okay. All right. Well, let's talk about, uh, I have to assume it's here. Let's talk about Ultron versus the Watcher. This is when they really, they go for the full down, the just complete smackdown. Um, there's a, there's a lot to dissect here, including a lot of Easter eggs. Um, I want to talk about uh, my favorite. It looks like when they're like crashing through the different universes, um, it looks like they go through Mustafar from Star Wars, the lava planet. That is, uh, did you guys, did you, I didn't, I didn't catch it. that, but Michael, that's it. incredible. Yeah. I saw a screen grab on uh, Twitter and it is Mustafar. Like there, it's a lava planet with like dark, creepy sci-fi looking buildings. It's, there's no other place like that. They okay. are, they are uh, throwing Mustafar in there, which I thought was cool. Best fight scene of all of what if, Michael, would you co-sign? Um, maybe like for the importance of it all and the story of it all, but I don't think like technically it was as cool as some of the others. I thought the opening shot of this, uh, this episode was better than the actual fight. I still look uh, fondly on the uh, plane fight with Peggy Carter, where she's just jumping from plane to plane. Like that's still to me, maybe number one, but this one was awesome. Like the colors were like, every time they blew a punch, the colors popped off the screen. Like it was almost like watching Ragnarok again, the way that like bright greens, bright blues. It was beautiful. I think that's what I liked, and like it's hard. You mentioned the episode that I'm probably lowest on Peggy Carter. I'm still not a huge fan of, but uh, 
I do think that this episode does a really good job of using the fact that this is the guy that can see between universes. This is the battle that is the battle of all universes, essentially. You know, this is wild. And I thought they did a good job of, like, setting that tone of, like, this is a big deal. Uh, We see that, like, Ultron was doing a lot of cool stuff. When he was a freaking Ultron face just eating an entire universe, he ate an entire universe! That was my favorite scene. That was, like, that was so funny. I don't know what he was doing. Like, he was hungry for pizza, but I love it so much. (laughs) He was hungry for pizza. (laughs) And it was wild. And it was crazy. And it was just, like... And then you have Watcher coming with this, like, cool armor. Like, it was, like, each of them was trying to uh, one-up the other one. And yet, like, both of them was very impressive. Uh, Michael, I feel like you're less high on this. No, I thought it was cool. Um, I, I... Uh, yeah, I, I like what it meant for the episode and the story, but I, I don't know that there was anything. I do think it was it was it looked beautiful. Like you mentioned, I, I like a lot of the colors going on here. Um, but like, I don't know. There wasn't like usually in like these fights. I'm like, there's like one moment where like he like flips somebody over his back and like does some like really cool martial arts move. There's nothing like that here. I don't know. There's not a lot Steve to say. Steve Rogers that. being president, Michael. That didn't that didn't entice you to see that. We're not even gonna get that universe. They just punch right through it. It's gone. Fleeting moment. We'll never get to see that entire universe now because of this fight. You really want to see Steve Rogers? Like, that's not an episode. I mean, maybe. I that's, like, maybe. more boring than being Captain America. <laughs> yeah. It's like, right. doing paperwork. Probably, go to, like, great, probably a great universe to live in, though. Like, Steve Rogers, House of Cards? I don't know. <laughs> oh, maybe he's evil. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one part of the fight that I thought really stood out was they're on, like, a desert planet, and Ultron is, like, blasting a beam at the Watcher, and the Watcher has, like, has a shield. He pulls it out, he starts walking towards the beam slowly and slowly, and then ends up, like, flipping Ultron over. That, to me, was, like, the, the part of the fight that seemed to, like, turn the tables as well as, like, really hook me as a viewer. Yeah, I, it's interesting to me, again, like, uh, he seems to, like, I, I'm a little confused on what his powers are, because, yeah. um, like, I, I don't assume that he has armor laying around, therefore, I guess he, like, manifested that as well mm-hmm. as the shield. Um, he seems to, like, have at least some of the powers of the infinity stones as well. Like, I, I, I don't, like, I don't know what the watcher is at this point. Like, what yeah. are you? Yeah. At this point, I wish what if maybe would have let us know more about the watcher and his history before this fight happened. Like, isn't, isn't there multiple watchers? Like, isn't there a, a crew of them that will hang out together? Or is he the only one? Yeah. This might be a good question for Tommy. Yeah. Um, Cause in like, there's a watcher, there's a watcher cameo in like guardians too, right? Where Stanley is a cameo, but there's like four of, four or five of them on a rock all watching together. Yeah, to- Tommy, t- break this down, because I know you, you you know more about the Watchers from the comic book. Um, uh, can you explain, could there, are, could there, are there more Watchers? What's going on here? Yeah, there's definitely more Watchers. Um, we've seen, I mean, in the, the movie world, more Watchers um, with the Stan Lee cameo. Uh, there are more. That being said, there is one famous uh, watcher who from my understanding that's who we're getting here uh which is yatu who's like the watcher when you talk about watchers especially watchers that interfere it's yatu like he's very obsessed with earth and, and the heroes that are on it he's a hard time letting them get destroyed and so he'll interfere uh that's who i think we're dealing with here that being said uh definitely other watchers but he is definitely the main one that we deal with 
completely fair. Um, let's talk about because this is we we get this kind of moment in every episode that kind of feels like a post credit scene, and this is where we get introduced to I I think his name is Strange Supreme. I don't know. It's the it's the evil Doctor Strange, and I think this opens up um, uh, the possible cross. Uh, multiverse uh, event that will likely be coming next week. Um, Tommy, I, I, I guess I can talk about this now. Um, I, like I, I made you take your headphones out uh, last week to talk about this, but um, the the trailer spoiled all of this. Uh, all of the like, uh, there's definitely all these characters are coming together, and we knew about it from before the show was coming out. See, and I think I like it better. I This is my pitch. Everyone do what I do. Don't watch trailers. Because I enjoyed What If. I've enjoyed the journey I'm on. And I think it's because I don't know what each week is going to happen. I don't. I didn't know Ultron was going to show up again. Uh, this was incredible. When I opened up my Disney Plus app and saw that it was Ultron, I was like, this is great. So I am pushing, Michael, you specifically. Forget about everyone else. Sorry, Kyle. Don't watch trailers. Well, unlike you, Tommy, I do want to hear Kyle's opinion on this, but I will say <laughs> uh, I got to defend the trailer lifestyle. Like every now and then it, there is a trailer that like completely like ruins things like this. But there's like there's like a there's like a it's part of it's like the whole thing for me. Right. Like it's not always about the movie or the TV show. It's about the hype and the build up and like seeing the trailers and like um, like th- that's that's part of being like a Marvel fan to me is like, it's a year round process. There's always things coming out. There's always like set photos and, and trailers and like things to get you excited for. Like that, that's the experience to me. So it sounds, sounds to me like we have two kids here who take Christmas differently. Tommy doesn't want to know what he's getting for Christmas. He wants to wake up on the 25th and open his presents. Michael, he's looking in all the closets. He's going to the attic. He wants to know what he's getting for Christmas. Exactly. Kyle, you nailed it because ex- you already gonna watch Marvel stuff, Michael. You're already gonna celebrate Christmas. Why you gotta look in the closets? Why you gotta watch the trailers? You're already hooked. You're 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 the person that they know they don't need to advertise to because they know they've already got you hook, line, and sinker. So, uh, Michael, I, leave Tommy, me. Tommy, Tommy, do you know what an advent calendar is? Yeah, I do know what it. Is. it the trailers are the advent calendar of Christmas, right? Uh, imagine like, or or how about Halloween? Okay. What if you said, "Nah, we're not doing decorations this year. We're not watching horror movies this month. You know, uh, no, uh, no Oktoberfest, right? We're not getting into the fall spirit. We're just gonna have Halloween on Halloween, and that's it. I refuse. I want my decorations two months early." All right, fine. You can watch your trailers, but I will say that I think this "what if" experience was better for me because I did not know this all-time moment was coming. Okay, so Kyle, what's your opinion on this? Are you a trailer guy? So at the moment, I'm a trailer guy. I used to work in a job for six years where there was a TV. It was a used DVD store. We used to play trailers all day, every day. Since leaving that job, I've been more averse to trailers. Um, I saw The Suicide Squad last month, and that's a movie I walked away from wishing I hadn't seen a single trailer for. Um, Even Shang-Chi, I saw a couple days ago in IMAX, and I wish I didn't know as much as the trailer showed me. Uh, Not going to spoil anything, but there's something in the trailer that happens near the end that was pretty magical, but I knew it was going to happen. So as I get older, I think I'm starting to stray away from trailers, movies, games, any of them. Well, Joining I, I, the right side. <laughs> well, here's the thing. I think, I think, uh, 
I, I think we're moving. I think Star Wars is way better about trailers because first and foremost, what Star Wars does, they will include shots that aren't even in the movie. They get mm-hmm. you like into the vibe. And the biggest example of this is Rogue One. And I don't know if any other, I know it's happened a couple other times, but Rogue One had like three or four shots that weren't it. And it just got you in the mood for the movie, right? Yeah. It didn't like give anything away. It's like, here's this planet and this character, not in like the same exact way. But uh, yeah, so, and also things like, um, like the way they hid uh, uh, baby Grogu, right? Like that, like that was the biggest part mm-hmm. of the first season of the Mandalorian and they were able to keep that a secret and all the trailers leading up to it were just kind of like, uh, like, uh, Hey, this is like your main character and there's going to be way more surprises to come. So I just, I guess I'm constantly hoping that Marvel's able to capture that as well. And there are expectations to the rule. Like I'm going to shout out the new Dune trailer. I feel like the new Dune trailer is setting up atmosphere and characters and not plot. And that's what I like. I will defend Disney to an extent because I think like Marvel does that too. I think Star Wars does it, but I do think Marvel to an extent, maybe not in this what if series, but I think if you look at their movies, especially Marvel is really good at faking out. I I think they're the first uh, group that has completely changed scenes from their movie to put into the the trailer to trick people, you know, you got Endgame or uh, Infinity Wars where Hulk is literally edited into the trailer to trick people into thinking Hulk was in the movie. When in retrospect, Hulk was not going to be in that movie whatsoever. Yeah, I have a feeling that a little bit of this happened in the recent Spider-Man movie. Um, there's been some like speculation as to like um, uh, when a certain character shows up. I don't think that the background is right. Uh, it looks. I like think finished. it's a different character, Michael. I think there's a different character that's stepping in there that they happen to uh, film another character doing the same exact pose for. But I think that's another different. I character. hope that is. I hope they are doing that. Me uh, too. Um, all right, guys, I think, I think we, uh, that was a nice little tangent there. Uh, yes, Tommy. Well, I mean, I, I just want to jump us back into the, I assume this is what you're going to do, but I'm going to hold your hand and jump in with you. Okay. Uh, the ending of this episode. I mean, I think we kind of saw it coming. The only other character he interacted with was the Sorcerer Supreme. We've already talked about it, but he's, he jumped to the one universe that is so small, so minuscule because it's already destroyed, which I thought was a nice, cute moment uh, tying in Loki of the discussion of like people hiding in like um, universes that are that are key to destruction, right? As we've talked about that with Loki uh, of uh, Lady Loki that she was hiding in in worlds, universes that were being destroyed. We see that here with the Watcher; he's hiding in a world that is destroyed. Yeah, and he looks like he's going to recruit uh, Doctor Strange to hopefully help him take down Ultron. That's what I'm going to pet him as. I don't know if that works, but... I love that. That's perfect. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I, I'm I'm really excited for what this could possibly mean for the next episode. Again, I think there's a lot, like more so than any of the others, a lot of things up in the air here. So uh, I, I'm down. I just hope this is like a one-hour finale, basically. Are there two episodes left? Uh, there's actually one episode left. Yeah, oh, finale is next. Yeah, I think Whoa. it's going to be the recruiting. Everyone's going to be in on it, and they're going to get all Ultron. But I liked this. I liked seeing Watcher uh, down and out. I liked seeing Doctor Strange come back into it. Um, I don't know what's going to happen. I, I like to think that Black Widow and uh, this Zola robot is going to tie into it. You know, they just had to get him back into that universe, and they can 
take him over. So I think that's going to be the whole plot is just trying to get him to go back to his original universe. If Hawkeye had a USB arrow this whole time, why wouldn't he load a virus into it, shoot Ultron in the heart? Game over. That's a, that's a good point. You didn't um, even need to use Zola then. Oh, Kyle. You have the solution. I mean, if his superpower is USB arrows, you gotta use it. Yep, yep. So, uh, hopefully we'll see that in the upcoming Hawkeye series. Um, so, <laughs> alright guys, uh, that, was, that was a lot of fun talking about this. Uh, let's hop into some recommendations. Um, Kyle, I'll let you lead us off here today. I, I know you brought something for us. What do you, what do you got for a recommendation? So, I'm going to bring a video game to the table today. Um, this is probably my game of the year so far. It came out back in March for PC. It's called Before Your Eyes. And what makes this game very unique is that you play it with your eyes and a webcam. No controller, no keyboard, nothing. Uh, the plot of the game is that you're playing as somebody who has just died. And you're on your way to the afterlife. And on your journey to, you know, the afterlife, you're reliving the moments of your life. But how the game works is you'll be in a memory where you're on the beach with your mom talking about seagulls. When you blink in real life, that moment's over. And the next thing you know, you're 16 and you're getting your, your driver's license to drive a car. That moment goes on for as long as your eyes are open. Once you blink, oh, cool, I'm graduating university. I'm throwing my hat up in the air. Um, it's also a choice game. So you're actually making decisions with your eyes going left or right. Who do you want to choose to ask to dance? Who do you want to do this with? It's about two hours long. You can beat it in one sitting. It's like $15. It's a very profound and very cool experience. And I just hope more people try it out. Kyle, I've heard of this game. And the only reason I haven't checked it out yet is because I heard it was very depressing. And I oh, don't know if I'm ready for that. I think I told you that it made me cry at the end. Yeah, that, that's... Uh, I, I, like, I, I, I think I could, but it's just uh, it's a leap. I'm not ready for it. And like... My, my girlfriend played it and she walked away being like, oh, that, that was fine. So like I cried, she didn't. I, I, it will hurt different people different ways based off the, the content of the game. But even if you play the first half and you're like, I tried this new experience, um, I think it's worth checking out for sure. So you cried because you hadn't blinked in like two hours, right? Yeah, so I kept putting visine <laughs> in my eye. And then after two hours, I closed my eyes and just damp. Love that. Love that. All right. I'm going to throw out a recommendation here and I've talked about it a little bit. So my goal was uh, the war of the bounty hunters. It's, it's the new like crossover comic book star Wars event going on. And I haven't really been deep into the star Wars comic books. I've read some here and there. Um, but just like the idea, it's kind of like the Avengers of, of what they have been doing with the, the comic book. So I was really excited to see what was going on there. So what they have is they have like a breakdown and it's like a bunch. It's like uh, the the um, the Vader comics. There's like the standard Star Wars comics. There's the Dr. Afra and the Bounty Hunters comics. And basically like a certain point in all the runs, they end up intersecting and like they. So basically you only have to read like maybe 30 issues to get that complete story but being like the psychopath that i am i had to go back and read all the prior ones as well which like the, just like the original run of the star wars and and the vader and what i've realized is um this is like some of the best why well, it's hard to say we have really good star wars content but it's just as good as a lot it's just as good as visions it's just as good as the mandalorian um and my thing is like 
especially like the Star Wars run, which takes place between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um, my thing is always like it always feels like a little retconny to me. Like um, I, I know the original, like the first time they did the Star Wars run when Disney had just bought Star Wars, they had like a scene where like Luke encountered Vader an additional time, and that felt like uh, I don't know like if that makes sense for the story. Um, but they're doing things in this next run that like uh, make a lot more sense. Um, Lando is in a lot; he's a lot of fun. Um, and, uh, so basically the story is all about, uh, it's, it, it, I said it was in between Empire Strikes Back and, uh, Return of the Jedi. So Han Solo has just been captured by Boba Fett and everybody has their eyes on that prize. And it's basically Boba Fett's journey from taking Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt and all the people who are trying to stop him from doing that. So, oh, that sounds um, cool. Yeah, I, I highly, highly recommend the Star Wars comics. And if you're interested in that, I can give you like the little graphic that like breaks down how all these things intersect. So hmm. there you have it. Very cool. Tommy, what do you got? We, what do we recommend this week? Baseball? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, Michael. Uh, not much to recommend to listen. I watch the same things uh, and we podcast a lot. Uh, but I will recommend not hiccuping first off. That's like not fun when you're hiccuping on a podcast. And then like, what else can I recommend out in the world, Michael? Maybe, uh, I don't know, like, uh, taking a big gulp of water and then holding your breath. <laughs> maybe, can you, maybe can you scare me? I, this happens actually pretty frequently to me. Oh, All no. right. I'm going to recommend, uh, survivor episode two. It was great. Just as great as the first one. That's what I'm recommending again. Tommy, yeah. I recommend some peanut butter. When I was a kid and I'd hiccups, my mom used to always give me a spoonful of peanut butter. It would go away immediately. Do you think that's because like you're chewing so much on the peanut butter that you're not hiccuping? I've never thought about it. I'm afraid if I think about it too much, it will stop working. Because oh. 28, 28 years later, it's your one step here to hiccups. I'm blaming Ultron. Michael, do you think Ultron did this to me? I think Ultron is not concerned with hiccups. I think he just wants <laughs> to blow up your planet. <laughs> You don't think Ultron's concerned for me? How dare you? No, I don't, personally. Sorry. Wow, wow. <laughs> All right, Kyle, hey, thank you so much for joining us. I want to give you this opportunity to uh, plug some stuff, because you got a lot going. You're a busy man. I know you stream, you write, you do all kinds of crazy stuff. So tell the audience where they can find you and what you're up to. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on the podcast, guys. It was so much fun talking what if with you two. Um, for my writing, I write for a, a website called KingGamer.com. I mostly write about video games, though recently I've been writing about movies as well a little bit. Um, also, while you're at KingGamer.com, make sure to check out our What If Reviews, written by Marco Callahan. Uh, they're fantastic, entertaining, and full of good detail. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at Shamakai, that's C-H-A-M-A-I-K-Y. Right now I'm playing through old Metroid games to get ready for the new release of Metroid Dread. On October 8th. So I'm playing through Metroid Fusion right now. I'll be back tomorrow morning at around 10 or 11 a.m. to get through another couple hours of that. But yeah, that's where you can catch my writing. That's where you can catch my streaming. And then you can also follow me on Twitter at Shamakai, C H A M A I K Y. Kyle, thank you so much. This is a lot of fun. Um, I'm going to close this out here with some thank yous to uh, Aaron Robertson, who did our music to kick us off here, and Ethan Kellum, who did our logo. I also like to remind you guys to rate and review us on iTunes. That actually helps so much. Like, uh, 
it literally, like uh, I, I said it before, it's not about our egos. It's about the algorithm. It, it directly helps the podcast. So if you want to help us out, that would be a d- good way to do it. Also subscribe. I think that has an effect on the algorithm and also just has an effect on your, your uh, podcast feed and you'll be updated every time we get one. So uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter at StarkForcePod. We also have a little Discord community where we kind of get together and chat about some stuff and share things every once in a while. So if you're interested in that, you can message us on Instagram and Twitter and ask for that link. Um, I think that's all we got for you guys. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. Bye!